So even though then Yaakov compiled all the, his name of Yaakov Ibn Chaviv, compiled all the stories that there is in the Gemara, and put it in the book of En Yaakov, this story we're about to learn, he actually omitted it from En Yaakov. He took it out. The reason why they include it with the rest of the story is because this story is actually outrageous. Outrageous, very hard to believe. If you take it for face value, it actually gives a very negative picture about this Rachamim involved. And obviously, there is a deeper meaning in it. So the Gemara says, Amar Rava, Rava says, A person is obligated to intoxicate himself to get drunk on Purim, until he doesn't know the difference between Aguram and Baruch Mordechai. If you look in Rashi, that is also on the page, right? You see it? What does he say, Lebasume? Rashi says, what is it? Lishtaker beyain. To get drunk with wine. Why wine? Why not? Benedictine. Why wine? Does the nest happen with wine? There are many, many aspects of the nest that revolved around wine. The very first step in the nest of Purim was that Vashti was um, executed. How did this happen? The king was drunk with wine. Then there was a quest for a new queen. Esther was appointed. What did the king do? Another party with wine. After the whole development of the story of Purim, it came to almost to an end when Esther exposed Haman and his evil plan to Achashverosh, where was that? Another Mishtayayin that she did in the house. So, because of the miracle, he is involving wine. The Gemara says, on Purim, we must drink wine. That's part of the commemoration of the Ness, as a matter of fact, because by having a Mishtay, you are remembering why are we drinking wine, because the whole Ness happens with wine, just like other issues that other mitzvahs that we don't put him all remember, reminding us about the nest of Purim. This idea of Leishtaker Bayayin that Rashi finds necessary to emphasize on will come in very handy in explaining the rest of the story. After telling us this halacha, the Gemara tells us a story. Usually, the goal of a story following the halacha is either to support the halacha or to refute the halacha. In this case, it seems that the, halacha, the story is here to support the halacha of getting drunk on Purim. Let's read the story. Rabbi and Rabzeira made Sudas Purim together. Ipsum, they got drunk. And as we established before, that Levasume means to get drunk with wine. We could assume that Ipsum, they got drunk, means that they got drunk with wine. Come, Rabbi, Rabbi got up, stood up, and shechted. Slaughtered Rabzeira. Rabzeira is dead now. Nothing happened till the next day. Lemachar on the next day Shushan Purim by Rachme Vachye comes Rabbi Davins for Rabzeira's recovery and he revives him. He has amazing. So comes Purim. Rabbi and Rabzeira make Sudas Purim together. They both get drunk. Rabbi stands up, shechts Rabzeira, slaughters Rabzeira. The next day on Shushan Purim, Rabbi Davins. For Abzeira to have Tresamesim, and yes, Tresamesim, he revived. The truth is that this last part of the story is not shocking. That Chachamim could do Tresamesim, it's clearly written in the Zoya that the smallest of the Amoraim was able to do Tresamesim. So there's no surprise. The surprise, the shocker, is more the beginning of the story. 
That's more of a shock. That you revived him, it's fine. <laughs> we, we are not impressed. This is we used to that. Leshana, but it gets better. Comes the next year on Purim. Amar Lei comes Ravot Rabzera and says, Nisimav and Havit Sudas Purim beadadade. Mar Master, come and let's do Purim together. Let's do Sudas Purim again together. Now, what do you think is going to happen? Um, you know, he's going to get drunk. He's going to kill him again, maybe. So Rabzera, what would you say if you were him? No thanks. He's he's saying almost that. He's saying Amar Lei. Not at every moment will a miracle happen. What do you infer from this, from this answer? It's not a f- flat out, no, are you crazy? Go and put him to a different time zone. Don't be near me. No, it's almost as if saying, I'd love to. If only I could be assured that once again you'll be able to revive me. But because we cannot rely that a miracle will happen all the time, maybe you won't be able to revive me. So I'm going to have to decline. Of course, in the invitation of Rabbi, there is a, a great problem. We know we're not allowed to put ourselves in a nisayoin. We're not allowed to put ourselves in a situation in which there's a risk that we may do something bad. If we know that we've done something bad when we're in a certain situation, we should not put ourselves in the same situation. We can't run the risk of this happening again. So how does Rabbi goes to Rabbi and invite him to do so that's him again? After what happened last year, he himself should have known to be far away from Reb Zayre. And on the other hand, Reb Zayre seems to be pretty cool about the situation. He's not saying, no, absolutely not. He seems to have enjoyed the trip. It seems like it's not the killing that I have a problem with. It's the resuscitation that I'm unsure of. Mishchita is fine, but I'm not sure it's going to be a mess. Really, that's what he's saying. He's also not allowed to put himself in danger. How do you explain all this? So there are many, many mefoshim to this story, some of the Vashim are saying that in fact, that whole story didn't really happen as a death. He was not Alamos. He was he drank so much that he got sick that almost he was almost dying. You know, in every language that I speak, and there are many, we said the Russian of dead drunk. Have you heard of it? Yeah. Translate it in your mother tongue. Dead drunk. In every language. Somebody so drunk that he's almost dead or he looks dead. I'm not going to say it in 24 languages right now because I won't have enough time. But um, some say that that's really what happened. He got so sick, he was dead drunk. By the way, alcoholic intoxication could be very, very dangerous. And he davened for him and the other refuel. The problem with this pirush is that this story is following a halacha. And there is a cloud. What did I say before? Why would the story be following the halacha? Either to support, prove the halacha, or to disprove, to argue the halacha. How could you prove or argue halacha with a story if the story is not real, 100% accurate? How could that be a proof to the halacha? So being that this story is following the halacha, we must say that he was dead and he was revived. Rabbi killed Rabbi Zayre. But at the same time, we cannot say that that killing was something negative. Because if it was an awful negative thing, Rabbi not able to all his liquor becoming violent, he would not have invited him again next year. And Rabzeri's response to the invitation would have been very different the following year as well. So it was a positive thing. There was a killing. There was a resuscitation. It was all good. It was all positive. And yet we're not ready to do it again. For whatever reason, we'll explain later. Some Sefer gives another, offers another explanation, saying, okay, it was a killing. It was a killing. It was kind of amazing. How could the Abba, such a great man, do something like this? So some Sefer brings a Gemara that says, 
What happened to people who are born under the influence of specific mazolis? The influence of mazolis, the pastors, constellations. We know that mazolis have an influence. The truth is that we say mazolis is because Yidin are above nature, mazolis are part of nature. The influence that the stars will have on one's behavior is part of nature. Yidin have the ability to transcend nature. So therefore, we're not bound by the mazolis, but nonetheless, we do pay attention to it to a certain extent. Give me an example. Why don't we make Kiddush? Huh? Why don't we make Kiddush in Singing 7? That's the time in which the mazel of Madim, which is the planet Mars, which is Mars, which is the red planet, which represents Gvures, Midas Adin, is in control. It's called Mazolis, says in Yitzhira, they go, rotate. Friday night, with 6 and 7, the one in charge is Mars. The time of Gvures, you don't want to make Kiddush. At the time of Gvures, especially, that Kiddush is made on wine, which also represents Gvures, especially red wine. So we wait. When a person gets engaged and you know you classmate, second cousin got engaged and you find out during recess and you scream in excitement because you're so happy because you met her once on Kingston. And what do you say? What do you say? Mazel talk. What does it mean? Good mazel. Let it, that union be in an auspicious, auspicious mazel because the mazel could have an influence. Right? As they say also in Agute Shah, you know, all kind of different, you know, maybe in an auspicious time. Birth is also related to that. When somebody is born, we scream Mazel Tov. Because we want that he should be under an auspicious Mazel, so he's going to have an easier time navigating through life, even though he's not bound by the influence of the Mazel. But there is a Gemara that goes through all the Mazolists and say, what happened to this guy who's born under this Mazel? What would happen to the guy who's born under the other Mazel? And then the Gemara says, Man, Whoever was born under the influence of the planet Mars will be a murderer. No, not necessarily except Friday night. There's many other times in which Ma'adim is the one in charge. If you were born under the influence of Ma'adim, of the planet Mar- Mars, you will be a Shaifech Damim. Comes Rabbo and says, Kegoin, Ano, not Beinani, that's in a different place where he said that. But he says, Kegoin, Ano, be Ma'adim. For example, I was born under Ma'adim. And some Seifer says, there you have it. This is the Rabbo that Shechted Rab And he's himself acknowledging that he was born under the influence of the planet Mars, under Madim, therefore he has a tendency to be a Shefech Tamim. But he was careful, holding himself back, working on his tendency, until he got drunk. When he got drunk, he's no longer in control of himself, and his natural tendency of being a Shefech Tamim emerged. And he killed. That's how is it possible for a guy like Rabba to kill Rabzeir and Purim. Nonetheless, the next day, when he is no longer drunk, he goes back to his state of being a tzaddik who is able to do chesamesim. He does chesamesim. It's an interesting pirush that some sefer brings because it puts together two gemaras and one answers the other. But we're still left with the question. How could Rabbah do something like this? Because you know that the Rambam says in Ilkhaz Deris that nobody is bound by his natural tendency. Whatever influence the mazal will have on you or whatever nature you were blessed with, you're not, you're not doomed to that fate. You could change it. You could work on yourself. And the Rambam gives examples in different places that if one has the tendency of being a Shaifech Damim, he could channel that tendency in a very positive way. How so? What would you say? Yeah. A, Mayel, a surgeon, a dentist, a fundraiser, a lawyer, all kind of different ways to be a Shaifech Damim. Yeah, somebody got up. Right? Shaifech Damim could be a positive thing. So Rabbi was a Shaifech Damim. 
He definitely was able to raise himself above that tendency that is negative and make it in a positive way. It's, it's, not, it's not doomed to be Shaykh Damim. And, and, and moreover, if that was the case, the murder, the slaughtering of Purim, the slaughtering of Abzeira would have been such a negative thing of which Rabbah would have known next year. I better stay away. Because the last time, this is what happened. So then again, we must say that it was something positive. At the same time, that we must say that there was an actual killing, as I mentioned before, the reason why. Okay. To explain all of this, we have to go back to that idea of Leishtakir Beyayin. They got drunk with wine, and then there was a death. This is another Maiseh in the Tairei the Chumash, where two people got drunk with wine and they died. Nadav and Aviyu, both of them, it says, they got close to Hashem and they died. And right after that, story that is told how they died, then it comes that Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aaron, do not drink any wine before going in service. You may not enter the Mishkan drunk. And the Mephashim on the spot say, Why was the Pasha of Shtoyayin said right after the, the death of Nadav and Aviyu? Because Nadav and Aviyu came in drunk into the Mishkan. Even though the story is actually about Shmidi, but in Achimois, Rachaim Akadosh has a question How could you say about Nadav and Aviyu that after they died, Moshe Rabbeinu said to Aaron, Hashem told me, I'll, get, I'll be sanctified by those who are closest to me. How could you say that these holy people came in drunk into the Mishkan? It's impossible. So what do we mean? The secrets of the Torah. By the way, you know that Yain is the same gematria of Soyd. That's why they say, Of course, the Pshat Pashut of this is when a person drinks wine, he starts telling the secrets that he normally holds in. But the truth is, the explanation to this is that wine actually refers to the to the secrets of the Torah. In a way in which nobody knows about. So the Rechaim HaKadosh says that Nadav and Aviyu had only one interest, one intention. Getting close to Hashem. You know that they were not married. You remember when we spoke about Abba Nichusul Apardes, when Zoyma ben Nazai also were not married, and we said that what was their own intention? That's why, that's true, they wanted to go into the Pardes. The reason why they didn't get married is because they didn't want to get involved with Gashmi Sailam, having to bring Pardes, having responsibilities, other than getting close to Hashem. Because Vasam Lifna Hashem is all they wanted. How do you get close to Hashem? Through dwelling in, or delving in, Sayyidah Satayra, into the secrets of the Tayra, into Pnimi Satayra. Just like remember when we say Abba Nichusul Apardes, Rashi says, Kegoin al through these secret names and so on, <clears throat> you elevate yourself. That is what they wanted. And when they went into the Mishkan, in such a state, and they brought the Ketairis, they got close to Hashem to the point of Kursa Nefesh. Why does the story line over there says, Because that's not what Hashem wants. He was in yesterday's Chitas. What is? Even Elyonim is in order to have a Dira Lois Dafke down here. That's what it means. That's very nice. You want to get close to Hashem. But that's a Ratzoi. But the Ratzoi has to come with the Shuvah as well. 
Nadav and Avi were not concerned with the shul. All they wanted is to get close to Hashem. How did they get there? Through drinking wine. Now let's apply Rechaim's view of wine to the story of Purim. When Rabbi and Rabzeir did Sudas Purim together, Ipsum, they got drunk, and Rashi says, They got drunk with wine, they got drunk with wine, which means what? They learned, so it is a Torah, just like the view. They got involved in the secrets of the Torah. What happens at that moment? A great elevation. They went higher and higher. Come Rabbi, Rabbi stood up. You would ask yourself, why is the Gemara telling us a story with all the gory details of how he killed him, he stood up, what difference does it make if he was sitting, standing? Standing up actually is a symbol of elevation, rising. <laughs> Come Rabbi, Rabbi rose through drinking the wine. He went up to a higher target. Shachtel Rabbi Zeirad, he shechted Rabbi Zeirad. You would ask, why does he say shechted and not katlel Rabbi Zeirad, which is the usual language of killing. The term for killing in Aramaic is katlel rabzeira, not shachte. What do you mean shchita? Slaughtering doesn't only mean killing. It actually means something else. Gemara tells us in Chulin en veshachatel amashach, and that's actually brought in Shchanoch as well in the halachas of shchita. That the shchita has to be done in a way in which you don't take the knife and the axe like bang on the on the animal neck. It has to be in a way of pulling the, war, the, the knife towards you. This is the neck of the animal, this is the knife. The shechita has to be done in a way you go like this. You have to pull the, the knife towards you, not bang on it, because of, this is one of the halachal mishem isinai. What do you mean, umashach, pulling it towards you? Pulling towards you is because you're actually bringing it into your domain. There are many, many different explanations to this, and I'll give you a few. You're aware, of course, of the four one higher than the other. It's interesting that it's all a chain, like the food chain. The doimem gets eaten by the tzameach. So the doimem was just the lowest of the four, and now suddenly it becomes part of the tzameach. If you analyze the tzameach, it's all minerals and water, mostly. Because the doimem has been eaten by the tzameach. Then comes the tzameach and is being eaten by the chai. Now the tzameach becomes part of the chai. It's been elevated to the next level. Then comes the chai and is being eaten by the medaber. When the medaber eats the chai, when man eats an cow, that meat becomes, it becomes your meat, becomes your flesh, your blood, your cholesterol, it's part of you. In other words, what used to be a chai is not part of a medaber. So you have elevated the chai to the dark of medaber. The only way you could elevate the chai to the dagger of medaber is if you first shechted it. Without the shechita, you can't eat it. Without the shechita, you can't elevate it. Through shechita, you have elevated the animal from a chai to a medaber. You brought it up. You know the Indian about umashach, that there is a way of acquiring, a way of acquisition, is meshicha, by pulling. You know, if you find a... If you find uh, a, a pen on the floor and uh, you know there's no simon and uh, you want to acquire it, it's yours, you have to pick it up. You find a cow, it's a little more of a problem because you can't pick it up, right? You have to pull it. You have to pull it for other hours. Pull it towards you for other hours. Look around. Nobody's coming after you to say, hey, it's mine, don't touch it. Well, it could be yours after you. Of course, you have to keep it and watch it and then announce a few times that the future, and then nobody claimed it. You know, it could become yours. But the way to acquire something that is too heavy 
is by pulling it. An animal you pull. So and in a way, shchita is a way of acquisition. You're acquiring the animal. It becomes yours. This bichlal, we'll talk about this some other time, how this applies to the fish about this as well. You have to elevate it and so on. But let's stick to the Gashmi Sainian. An animal is a medaber and is elevated to, uh, sorry, an animal is a chai and is elevated to the pchinas a medaber through the shechita. So in fact, shechting would mean, what would it mean? Elevating. So let's go back to the shechita here on Purim. They both drank wine. They both discussed to the point of come, Rabbah, Rabbah rose and elevated himself to a higher level. And he schlepped Shachtel Rabzeire. He pulled along Rabzeire towards him. Problem is that Rabzeire was not ready for this Giluim and remained alive. He passed away. He had was a nefesh. The Neshama left his body. So, yes, Rabbah is the one who caused Rabzeire's death by pulling him along with his Sayyid But that was in no way a negative killing, it was actually a positive thing. But what was wrong with it is that the Tachlis, just like Nadav and Aviyu, just like Ben Zayma Ben Arzai, that's not the Tachlis. Tachlis is Wait a second. How come Rabbah did have Kosa Nefesh? If they were both learning together, Behade Hadade means together, how come what was too much for Abzeri was just fine for Rabbah? The answer is that all depending on the level on which you find yourself, you could handle more of a Gilui, or less. To understand this, there is a story about Rabbi Avraham Amalach and the Alter Rebbe. When the Alter Rebbe first came to Mizrich, he was a young man who was already a tremendous scholar in Nigla. He had learned Kabbalah as well, but he went to Mizrich because what he needed is, what he wanted is, to excel in Primus Atayra. So he came to the Maggid and the Maggid made a deal with him. He said, you're an illustrious Ilui in Nigla. My son is a great Ilui in Chesidus. My son Rabbi Avraham is going to teach you so this you're going to teach him Nigle. And so it went for a long time, in which Alter Rebbe every day would learn Nigle with Rebbe Avraham, Malach and Avraham would learn Chassidus with Alter Rebbe. One day in the middle of learning Chassidus, Alter Rebbe gets up and he makes himself a bagel with butter. He starts eating it. And Rebbe Avraham Malach is saying, what? We're in the middle of talking about, who knows what, Ari Chatik. And, and you stop to eat a bagel with butter? Alter Rebbe says, I was having, I felt the Zorikot's Nefesh. I was exposed to so much that my neshama felt, this is great, I just want to go upstairs. But that's not the tachlis. So I have to reconnect my neshama to my goof. The way to reconnect my neshama to my goof is through doing something that will be a physical pleasure of the goof, which is eating something that is fat. We've discussed this many times, that fat is in of tainu. Simply put, if something doesn't have fat, it has no taste, it's just geriatric. So I had to eat a bagel after with butter in order for, because Tainuk is one of these that is very pnimi and therefore it will catch back my neshama and tell him stay here. Now the question is, how come Rabbi Avraham Malach didn't need to eat a bagel with butter at the same time that he was eating a bagel with butter? That Alter Rebbe felt it was necessary. Why not? One different level. So, so therefore, being that Rabbi Avraham Malach was already called a Malach, Malach, meaning that this kind of primis atayre was <laughs> usual for him. Now, Tereb, as I explained, that story happened at the beginning of his arrival in Mizrich. Beginning of his journey in primis atayre. So therefore, what was too much for the Al-Tereb was just fine for Rabbi Avraham and Malach. Exactly the same thing that happened over here between Rabbi, between Rabbi and Rabzeir. 
Rabba was okay with his Gilui. But for Abzeir it was too much. So then why? The next day he went and he davened for him to revive himself. Why not the same day? You see the man is dead. doesn't matter that you're drunk. Anybody who's drunk, even strong wine will be, will be um, weakened by, by fear. The person who's drunk, he's drunk, but when he gets really a shock, he, he sobers up very fast. So why he waited till the next day to dive in for him? So that explains that, in fact, seeing that this whole story happened in such a positive manner. We were talking about Purim, we were talking about Rimi Satayra, Sayyid Satayra, Yenosh Satayra, and then Yadkos Nefesh. Rabbi felt that there is nothing wrong that could happen to Rabzeira on such a holy day of Purim. If it happened that Yadkos Nefesh, he'll get back to himself, it's fine. Purim is actually a very holy day. They say, they call him Kippur. Yom Kippurim, they say Kepurim, not quite Purim, almost like Purim, which of course implies that Purim is even higher than Yom Kippur. So in such a holy state, which, what is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is a time in which we're completely resembling Malachim. We don't eat, we don't drink, because we're completely disconnected from Eilam Nefesh. When the Shom is on a very high state, so that's the matter he finds himself right now, Kosa Nefesh. When Purim will pass, we'll get back to normal. He sees Purim has passed, and he's still dead. He has to dive into Atres Amesim. Very nice. But then comes the next year. Comes the next year and Rabbi goes and tells him, let's do this again. Zaira is answering, so what was the question we asked earlier? Shouldn't Rabbi know better not to put himself in danger, in a, taking in the risk, sorry, of doing such a terrible thing as killing him? The Maisei is that a year went by. A year went by and Rabbi assumes that Rabbi Zaira now is in the highest agony it was last year. Tzadikim don't remain at the same level. They don't stagnate. They advance constantly. So therefore, Rabbi is saying, by now, I'm sure you could handle it. Let's go into Suda Spurim together. Rabbi sure. Zeres says, I would love to. It was a great trip. I loved it. But last year succeeded in reviving me, which is really the Tachlis. That's what I need to be here. And I would go back again. If only I could be sure you revived me. However, a miracle is not for sure going to happen at every moment. So remember I had asked you earlier today, well, why don't you think that the miracle could happen again? I mean, I'd say one thing. If there is a risk to be shechted, I'd like it to be by Rabbi, because at least he's proved himself that if he shechts, he's able to revive. So that's what I would do. I mean, I wouldn't be afraid if Rabbi is the one shechting. Abzer is afraid. Why? Even though he saw that he succeeded in bringing him back. And the answer is because Rabbi is saying, because Rabbi is saying, Abzer is saying, you know what? You got my Neshama went up and joined himself in Ganadin, and then you're able to slap it back, convince my Neshama to come back down. So my Neshama agreed to come back down. But now, after a whole year of dealing with Oilam Azeh and all the clippers, like it says in Tanya, it is Oilam Aklippers, Ruboy Kikulara, Hashem Goivrim Boy. When you're around all of this evil of Oilam Azeh, after having tasted the Ganeiden, and then boom comes Purim and you find yourself again in Ganeiden, I am afraid you will have a very hard time convincing my Neshama to agree to come back down here in Oilam Azeh again. So that's why I won't, I won't do this again with you. He, because he knows that the Tachlis is to make a difference in Eilam Hazeh. David was fine with Yunushamit, Tachas Kaseh Huh? 
the neshama, the neshama's interest is actually to remain. The neshama is like a flame who always wants to be connected to his source. The neshama knows what is right, but the neshama enjoys more. Lachzos benai Hashem to remain over in Gan and the Rabzeri is saying, I'm going to have. You, you might have a harder time this year convincing the neshama to come back down. Might be more difficult for you to do that. No, no, I could make the same miracle twice. What we say is that you cannot rely, cannot be sure it's going to happen. That's it. The miracle might happen, but you cannot be sure, cannot rely on it. And some Chirwanas. Now, this explains all of the questions that we had. But there's only one left that we need to explain. And that is, that is, what is this to us? The, the, the bio is great. The whole story is worth it just to hear this explanation. It's poor Zayda, I have to go up and down, you know, all of this. Just so we could hear this beautiful bill. But what is it? What is it to us, Maisebepayel? What does it teach us? I mean, when it comes, if you're just saying that the story is following a halacha, which, by the way, there is one opinion, I forgot to mention earlier, Rabbi Ephraim says that this story is here to tell you not to follow this halacha. We should not get drunk on Purim because you see what happens when we get drunk. Yet, Shechonoch um, establishes that halacha is, like it says in the Gemara, to, to yes, get drunk on Purim on wine. The good point that Rabbi Ephraim brings is the fact that being that he derives from it another halacha, gzeira, not to get drunk, means that according to him, also the story happened for real. It wasn't just a not just a marshal. So here the question is, <coughs> what hayra do we learn from this story? <laughs> you cannot, yeah, you, you cannot uh, be sure you'll be able to revive someone if you do anything else in Purim. Um, by the way, the Allah is in the Zikim, but that uh, a person is liable for his actions, if, whether he's drunk or sober, whether he's asleep or awake, he's liable for his action, and in this case, he'll be responsible uh, for whatever he did. Anyways, so the idea is that, <coughs> let's ask, I mean, would the message be, be careful, don't, don't, don't learn too much chassidus, because you might have cause an nefesh. I mean, what is the likelihood that we're going to learn a mimer, and then in the middle of uh, this class, suddenly we're going to find... The urge of eating a bagel with butter, not because you're hungry, but just because you feel in the shum is going to go up. Hey, well, why, well, is this what's going to happen to us? Probably not, right? So then why is Kosa Nefesh to us? Do we have a situation in which Kosa Nefesh is Shaykh even in our generation at our level? Well, there must be because the story is told to us. There must be something we could relate to. I will... So the message of this story is that, yes, indeed, in our generation, our type of people also are able to have, to have some sort of kosanefesh in our level. Not the kind of kosanefesh like Avzeira, who's Neshambe departed. Not the kind of kosanefesh like the who needed a bagel with butter in order to make sure that he's actually surviving and remi- remaining in El But one that is more shayich to our own level. When the Rebbe explained this story, he actually gave a few examples. And he says that there is a few stories that he heard that explain a certain level of Kosanefesh in our time. He started with the first story that he heard from the Fidiki Rebbe. That once the Fidiki Rebbe went to Vienna. They stayed there for quite a few weeks, for, for a while they were in Vienna. And one day while they were in the hotel, the Fidiki Rebbe was in his room and he was completely kind of in trance, um, unresponsive. The Fidiki Rebbe felt scared for him. So he started to make noises and slam doors and move furniture as he wasn't going to come and take his father and shake him, but it would be disrespectful. He started to make noises till the Rashab got out of these trends, woke up from it, if you could say. <laughs> and he was asking questions that were clearly indicating that he was sort of 
disoriented, not knowing, uh, trying to find out where it's at, what time is it, and so on. Then you told him, come, you have to take the train, you have to go to, to Pressburg. Why? You have to go be Menachem Lavo someone. They get to Pressburg and they go to somebody's house. A woman, an Almana who's sitting, lost her husband. She has two daughters. One of them is ready to get married, meaning he's in age of getting married. And the Rebbe Rashab says to the mother, the wedding expenses are on me. And I am going to find a shidduch for this girl. And they ask him, who are you? He said, I'm a, a vaitekarev, a distant relative. Abraham gets up, he goes into a store that says it sells all of houseware, and he comes back with a lot, a lot of things as a dowry for the girl. Goes to yeshiva, finds the best bachar, makes the shidduch. This girl is getting married. She got married while they were still in Vienna, and then the Abraham went back another time and took care of the second brother. But the Rebbe said that this situation in which the Abraham was in a trance, unresponsive, was a type of kusa nefesh where he went up there. He was able to see that in Pressburg there is an Almana with two daughters and he had to make the chasana and take care of it. Another story that is Rebbe said in a different place about the Rebbe Rashab once that was in Monton in the south of France, in the Riviera. And he saw, he was just looking at the window and completely unresponsive as if he was not there. And when he woke up from it, he started to write the Hemshech Torreshain Beis, which is my morim that he wrote, that spanned four years of deepest Burim in Chassidus. And the Rebbe said that the inspiration for this my morim he got while he was up there, having that Kosa Nefesh. Then the Rebbe said another story that he heard. He said when he lived in France, and he used to go to Warsaw to spend Yom Tov by the Frederick Rebbe. So he spoke to some of the Polish Chassidim who told him the following, the following story. There's a Mazitsha Rebbe. Mazitsha Chassidim, his main Aveda is with Negina, with singing. The Mazitsha Rebbe needed a surgery, but he was too weak. His heart was too weak to sustain an anesthesia, and they were afraid if they put him to sleep, he'll never wake up. And they had a big dilemma. They presented him with a dilemma that if they operate on him, they risk killing him with anesthesia. If they don't operate on him, he risks dying from complication of his condition. So they know what to do. They say, that's the only problem. You operate. And you lie down in the operating room. I'm going to start singing a song. I sing a nigin. When I get to the core of the nigin, the part of the nigin, you will notice that I'm, I'm not there. I won't feel anything. You could do the whole surgery while I'm singing. And that's exactly what they did. He didn't feel any pain. He didn't feel anything. He was singing his nigin. So they said, what was happening to the, to, to, to the Mazichar at that moment? He was having a time of Kursa Nefesh. What is Kursa Nefesh? The Neshama departs the body. It means that the Neshama in that case didn't feel Bichlal that the body existed. Wasn't, the body wasn't of his market. It was totally secondary, was irrelevant, and everything was able to be done to the body without, the, without him feeling it at all. Because that's a moment in which his Neshama was way higher than all of this. And how did he reach it? Through a nigin, through a song. In the same way that the Rebbe Rashab got this Kursa Nefesh through Thinking about those deep in Yonim Chesides, that was the basis for the whole Hemshech Fine base. He had that type of Kusa Nefesh, of course returning, not, not like Abzeira, who remained above. So how all of these stories connect to whatever it is that we were learning before? Remember, what has happened on Purim to Rav and Rav Zeira, they drank wine, which we said were the secrets of the Torah, Yenash of Torah. When they drank this wine, they had, or Rav Zeira reached, the level of Kusa Nefesh in which the goof wasn't anymore you know, connected to his neshama. If we apply this concept to our level of possible kusa nefesh, it would mean that when we learn chesidus, we drink wine, which means the soy satayra, when we learn chesidus, we could also reach a level in which our goof will be felt as a secondary, in which all of Inyana Ailam, the things of the world that, that, that usually take up a lot of space in our mind, that will no longer be a preoccupation. 
because this learning of chassidus that you have done refined you and elevated you above Gashmi Sailam. Meaning that you, just like Rabbi Zaire, was able to elevate yourself and separate yourself from all these mundane things that normally would, would, would disturb you. This story has happened on Purim, which as we explained earlier, the Skepurim, that Yom Kippur is even lower than Purim, which means that the Maila of Purim, being such a holy day, gives you the ability that through your learning of Chassidus, you could indeed elevate yourself above all the Shtusim of the world. But the goal, as we see in the end of the story, is that Rabbi Zeira is not satisfied with just remaining above. He wants to go up, but he wants to make sure he could come back. And that's what he tells Rabbi. If only I could be sure to return down here. Because the tachlis of any aliyah, the tachlis of any elevation, of any type of kursan nefesh is, for any ratzai, is for it to be a shuv. That you have to return down here, which means that after being inspired by a fabrengen, by your mimer that you learn, by any kind of thoughts, meditation you have during davening, during genigen, whichever wine it is that you're drinking, which means, whichever means of soy that leads you to some type of kursan nefesh, the idea is that you take this inspiration back down. The trick is not to be a one way. It is to be going up with the intention of shuv, which is a similar message to what we have learned in the story of Abba Nichnas Alapardes, if you remember, So yes, there is a need to drink the wine, the Yeno Shel Teira. There is a need for us to meaning that to imbue ourselves completely with learning of Chassidus, to the point of Kosa Nefesh, that, that is Shayich in our, at our own level, in which you realize that the world is not Efes Mokim, and at the same time, being able to take this inspiration and put it to work, apply it, in our daily Avedas Hashem.